Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome back to the Carry On Cast at Easter Lutheran Church, where we are filled with shenanigans. I'm Pastor Brandon, and I'm overjoyed to be joined today by <laughs> Pastor Megan and <laughs> Pastor Steve. And real quick, Pastor Steve, can your mom hear us okay? <laughs> mom, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay, good. Hey, but gentlemen, you, said, yeah. the, you do know that we press record after we, we told the story that has now created that inside joke, right? So those who are listening right now don't know what mm-hmm, we're talking mm-hmm. about. That's right. Yeah, good. Okay. Bingo. Well, and uh, today we're jumping ahead to Philippians, Paul's letter to the believers gathered in Philippi. Yeah. But um, so before we do an overview with Pastor Steve of kind of what we're getting ourselves into, I think it's really important, um, uh, Pastor Megan, if you mm. would tell us about, you know, this is this is an epistle, uh, which I believe is a fancy word for a group of flowering plants uh, with thorns and nettles. Primarily, they grow in shaded areas in North America. Uh, that's, that would be wrong, Pastor Brandon. Giant. That would be wrong. Um, an epistle is a letter. It's just a letter. I was it, thinking of thistle. Oh, yeah, it. there it is. Okay, yeah, cool. Oh, up. I'm with you now. Okay, you get that I mixed can, up all the time. Right. Yeah, it's the worst, right? It's just the, the biggest theologians of our Although time the really epistles, struggle with that. The epistles can be thorny sometimes. Oh, Ooh. bringing it full circle. <laughs> so, yeah, no, an epistle is just a letter. And when you look at the name of the book... Like, you can tell who the letter was to, typically. Mm-hmm. This is the book of Philippians because it was written to Philippians, which is to say the people who lived in Philippi. And typically the author of the letter identifies himself at the top of the letter, like you'll see in verse 1 here. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. So they self-identify. In some cases, uh, the the author of the epistle is less clear, either because the author does not identify himself and I am intentionally using male pronouns here. It was almost almost certain to always have been a dude. Um, and in some cases, though, because plagiarism wasn't quite the deal then that it is now, sometimes it is identified as being a certain person, but it might not have been. It might have been someone kind of writing in that person's tradition or style or as sort of a, a, a follower or companion of that person. So it's it's not that the author's lying and pretending to be Paul. It's that they're mm-hmm. kind of writing in the style of Paul because people didn't really care about copyright infringement uh, 2,000 years ago. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, most of most of the New Testament is comprised of epistles. Even the book of Revelation technically is an epistle. It is a letter written to a group of churches. That's great. So that's a, a little bit different than a, a weed that grows in shaded small, areas. But... Small but important difference. Yes. yes. Well, thank you, Pastor Megan. And uh, listeners, by now, you may have, you may know that I sent my own letter to you, my uh, dear friends here at Easter Lutheran Church, uh, on the topic of letters. But if you didn't receive it, I'm so sorry. I sent it to as many of you as I could think of um, and whom I had addresses for. But if you didn't receive it, uh, hear hear me say now that the letter expressed uh, my deep appreciation for all of you and for the wonderful time I've had serving as a pastor here at Easter Lutheran Church, but also acknowledges the great work the Holy Spirit's done in my life through you and in this community through all of us, but also the work the Holy Spirit's doing to call me to a new thing. So announce that my last Sunday as a pastor at Easter Lutheran Church will be July 31st. And then starting in August, I will begin a one-year clinical pastoral education residency at the 
M Health Fairview Masonic Children's Hospital, which is on the west bank of the U of M uh, campus hospital. So um, that's a long title, fancy way of saying uh, intern again. It's a little more complicated than intern again. You're you're serving a, a year long residency as a chaplain in a in a pediatric unit in a hospital, which is yeah. incredible. It's going to be intense. Watch yeah. out, kids. Yeah. Here he comes. You he, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> he has he has costumes. Watch out. Um, <laughs> Have costumes. We'll travel. Right. So, like, I'll go on the record as saying that um, we're so excited for you, Pastor Brandon. You're going to be you. amazing. Um, and their gain is our loss. We're uh, we're gonna miss you, and uh, not the least of which because uh, you confuse thistles with epistles. <laughs> our podcast will not be nearly as entertaining. Yeah, we'll do our best, sure. but I yeah. don't think I can yeah. compensate. Well, you know, people might uh, start learning something from it, uh, which, which would be uh, a huge loss, I think. Uh, but, so thank you. Thank you for your support. It's been a joy yeah. to get to work with Pastor Megan and Pastor Steve and all of our producers at the podcast as well. But speaking of, you know, learning something. Oh, we sh- I think we we're past probably, that. You know, uh, we've we've kind of figured out what's an epistle. It's a it's a nice letter, uh, and usually the letters were written with, with a purpose. So we'll get to that. But Pastor Steve, you preached this last week, and now we find ourselves in Philippi again. So what's what kind of catch us up here? What did we miss out on? Yeah. So the letter finds itself in Philippi, <laughs> but Paul is not. It's um, so, usually what how a letter. Works, exactly. right? It goes right. to a place where yeah. you are not. Yeah, that's okay, right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the only information that we have about the letter itself is what comes from the letter. And so the only thing that we can know for sure is that Paul is in prison while he's writing this letter. So if we go back, so we, the, in our series, Life in His Name, we've been um, looking at different little snapshots from the book of Acts and Paul, we've done like three weeks on Paul, and we learned who he was, and we got to see him in two different cities. We saw him in Philippi, where he was imprisoned while he was there, and then he got out of prison because of the miraculous earthquake and all of the jailer. It was a wonderful story. And then last week, we saw Paul having a conversation with the philosophers in Athens, and from that story, he moves on, does a, a whole other missionary journey, and then he gets arrested and sent to Rome. And so the last chapter of the book of Acts, he is under house arrest, but he's been imprisoned multiple times throughout his whole life. And so scholars are not entirely sure. We cannot say with certainty which imprisonment this comes from. Hmm. But the most common theory is that there are four letters that are called the prison epistles and Hmm. that they were Paul had a lot of time on his hands. He was under house arrest. It wasn't like down in the dungeon like he was in Philippi. Mm -hmm, He got mm -hmm. to live in a house that he had to rent, but he was under an armed guard. Mm. But people could come and go and visit him. So it makes a lot of sense that he could write letters from this house arrest. And there's a guy named Epaphroditus who came from Philippi and brought money from Philippi. Because remember, Lydia... And the church there supporting his missionary trip. So he brings a gift. So the, the book of the, the letter to the Philippians is partly a thank you note mm-hmm. uh, for the funds. But Epaphroditus gets sick. Mm. 
and almost dies. Mm-hmm. And so this letter is also an encouragement, like he's fine. Mm-hmm. He brings the letter back. He brings this letter as a return thank you note and an encouragement letter. Mm-hmm. So one of the repeated words in the book, in the letter to the Philippians, is the word rejoice. Mm. Joy. So and it, it's so it's so ironic because here he is in prison, possibly going to be on trial for death, and he's telling his friends, "Hey, rejoice!" Because you know. So we should probably read this passage because that's yeah. what it gets into. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's well, great. That's a great overview. I would love to. Let's do the thing. Uh, this is Philippians chapter one. This is verses one through eighteen a, which, as a reminder, means we're we're reading a, a part of the verse because um, spoiler alert. Verse notations are arbitrary. Anyway, Philippians 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For you all share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just this, that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. Whoa. Whoa. So... I, I want to back up. And I think if you know me, you know I'm typically 20 minutes behind um, <clears throat> in kind of processing my thoughts. But this is this is Paul's letter from House Arrest Imprisonment. Uh, and he, he mentions that several times in here. But Pastor Steve, you also mentioned he's been imprisoned several times. and But all he's doing is telling people the gospel. He's telling people about Jesus. So why, why does he keep getting thrown in prison for telling people about Jesus? Aha. (laughs) So, Pastor Brandon, you talked about this very well in your sermon on his time in Philippi. Uh, There's two things that are going on here. 
and we go back as we were going through all of Jesus' life in the Gospel of John, that when someone says Jesus is Lord, mm. that is actually a political statement because the only one who is Lord in the Roman Empire is Caesar. Mm. And so the proclamation of Jesus is Lord is considered treachery or treason in the empire because the good news is not receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and go to heaven when you die. That's actually mm. not the message that was being proclaimed mm. by Paul. The message was, hey, there's a better way of being the kingdom of God. Mm. And it is to love your neighbor and to love your enemy mm. and to actually care for poor people and include everybody and not extort everybody to make the rich wealthy. Mm. And that is a, you know, you crucify people who talk like that in an empire. Yeah. And that's yeah. what got Jesus in trouble. Mm. But he rose from the dead to show that eh, it's actually the right way of life. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so the risen Christ uh, is the one who called Paul to preach this good news. And so Paul, he's breaking all the rules. He's he's including everybody. He's making the his Jewish brothers and sisters upset because he's including Gentiles. He's making the Romans upset because he thinks poor people are just as important as wealthy people, right? So you got to you got to silence a guy like this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's that's a great summary. Yeah, the gospel should be offensive. Yeah. Um I it, love what that. what does Brueggemann say? The gospel brings comfort to the afflicted and, and afflicts, afflicts the, the comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So get ready for one of those things. <laughs> to either be comforted or afflicted uh, in, in worship on Sunday. Um, but that's great. Thanks, thanks for that because it's, it's always kind of mind-boggling for me. I mean, we get people who disagree with what we say in sermons, but I haven't been thrown in prison just yet. So I'm thinking maybe I'm not doing good at proclaiming the good news of Jesus. But. It's, it's one of the, the challenging things about the, the critique that, um, you know, church shouldn't be political. Sermons shouldn't be political. And, and I want to respond in two ways. One, um, who's politics, mm. right? Like according to who? And two, um, if you think that a sermon should not be political, then we've been preaching the wrong way for over 2,000 years mm. because there's there's no world in which this message that Jesus is Lord, mm. that, that we show our love for God in our love for all people, there's no way that that doesn't have a political effect. Mm. The problem isn't the, the political nature of it. The gospel affects the way we live in the world and the policies that need to be made accordingly. The, the problem is... The, the hatefulness and partisanship that that can keep us from being able to hear that message that might either you know afflict us or comfort us as mm-hmm. as it needs to if we come into hearing this good news with a really set notion of of what's acceptable or what's mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Um, then the odds of us being able to hear the gospel as gospel are, are, are much lower yeah yeah goodness Right. It's tough stuff. Um, yeah. It and is and, tough and it's stuff. T- tough enough that as Paul shows us and as Christians have experienced throughout throughout ages, um, y- you you can pay for it with your life and freedom. Hmm. I think if you're preaching the gospel correctly in any governmental mm. system, mm-hmm. you're going to make every party mad. 
Yeah, because there's something yeah. you've got going that nobody yeah. else that uh, that some version of anybody else disagrees with. I yeah, mean, because just, yeah. well, because truly, human governments are built upon power structures. Yeah, because they really have to be. Yeah, but the but Jesus' power structure was to upset power structures and to make sure that everybody is included. Right. Well, that doesn't mm. win campaigns. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And there and I'll just say right now, I will mm. go on the record to say there is no party in the United States system that represents the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. It, it mm. just doesn't exist. Right. Right. And frankly, mm. is not supposed to. Right. I mean, it's it's missing the point if it does. Yeah. The gospel is present in both yeah. and speaks boldly to yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah. How but, about that? But what about what about people who are um who are independents? Does it speak to them too, Pastor Steve? They don't belong to a political <laughs> Well, they'll never win an election. <laughs> <laughs> it should it should equally offend everybody. Right? Um, Regardless of yeah. two party affiliation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah point well, made. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, so, and I, I guess I kind of, I didn't get us off track there because I think this is an important conversation to have. But Absolutely. Do, are we getting a glimpse of the early church here? I mean, verse 1 says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Are they already organizing themselves with bishops and deacons? Or is that language that's from empire that they would recognize? I don't know. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> Keep in mind that the reason we hear words like bishops and deacons as evocative of a, a specified church structure is because mm. we have since taken them and used them as such, right? Like we have a vision, you know, here in the ELCA, we have a very specific vision, for instance, of what a bishop means or what a deacon means. But that not only does that vary between denominations, but at this point in Christian history, a thing like a denomination doesn't even exist. So, so all he's talking about are, are people mm. who, are, who are in charge mm. in some way. Not because they, uh, you know, had to go through a, a preordained process in order to reach that position, but it was somebody who, who served in a meaningful way, who yeah. who was who was representative of what a what a leader, and a um, a key component of that sort of loosely held mm -hmm. church structure mm -hmm. at that time would have been. Yeah. Humans tend to organize. It's what happens. It's what happens. I just read a book recently, a really fascinating book called After Jesus Before Christianity, mm -hmm. and it is exploring what the church was like in these in this period of time. And it's important, listeners, to remember, at the time of Paul's life, there is no such thing as Christianity. Hmm. And there was no organized structure at all. He was talking to one particular group of people in one particular Roman colony called Philippi. And the word episkopos, bishop, just means overseer. Hmm. And the word deacon just means servant. Yeah, helper. So he could have literally meant slave owners and slaves mm. being equal in mm. the church. Like it, it had nothing to do yeah. with and, later systems. And that, that's maybe why he had to write so many letters is because they were still trying to figure out how do we do this right. life together in Jesus' name, Yeah, um, which I think we're, we're still trying to figure out too. But I have one final question. Oh, uh, only are you one? ready for this? Well, because I, I think this is such a great letter, and like you said, it's it's a word of thanks, you know, for the support and the care. But you know, Paul Paul mentions that, you know, he's his suffering, his imprisonment, has actually helped to spread the gospel. So, 
I think that's really interesting because my question is, so um, when we're going through a difficult time in our lives, is, is, is God doing that to us to somehow help spread the gospel or teach others about Jesus? I, I keep coming back to something that Pastor Steve said this past fall when mm-hmm. we were going through Old Testament passages, mm-hmm. and he quoted one of his seminary professors to say that God doesn't have a plan, God has a promise. Mm. And so if God's promise among us is that God will be known, that the good news of Jesus Christ will be heard, that the that the the love of our creator will be made manifest in and through us. If that is God's promise, that's going to happen one way or another. Mm. It's going to happen whether terrible things are happening and there is chaos and hatred and evil at work. It's going to happen if there are sunshine and roses. It's going to be true. And what that's what Paul is pointing to here. He's saying just because I'm in prison doesn't mean that God's not still at work. He's making no claim saying like God put me here so that I could suffer. I mean, if he's saying that, that's him saying that. I don't think that's definitive of like what Christian experience <laughs> should be. Um, yes, it's scripture, but it's also just a guy writing a letter to some friends to encourage them and say thanks. So hold both things loosely. At any rate, what he's saying is if I were in prison, if I were free, if I were with you, if I were with someone else, it doesn't matter. All The only thing that matters is that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. Hmm. So no matter where you're at, friends, right now, if you're having a hard day, if you're having a good day, the question is not, why did God do this to me? The question is, since I'm here, what is God up to and where do I go next? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great um, way to think about it, Pastor Megan. Pastor Steve, any closing comments before I give them their homework assignment? Uh-oh. Well. I agree with everything Pastor Megan just said, and I just want to also put it in the context of Paul following the example of Jesus, speaking truth to power. Yeah. That I, I, I just keep thinking of like the letter that Martin Luther King Jr. wrote from prison. Like he was imprisoned because he was upsetting the powers. Mm. And so when Paul says, because I am in prison, this is helping to proclaim the good news that there is actually an alternative way to be human. That is, people are emboldened when they see that somebody has the courage to actually allow themselves the consequences of speaking truth to power rather than just cowering like most of us do, like I do, yeah. right? Because I'm just wow. a coward. But Paul was <laughs> courageous, and that is that helps spread the good news, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we have good news to spread, listeners. So here's your homework assignment. Whether you're listening to this as an individual or with a group, um, take some time immediately after um, or shortly after to think of somebody you know in your life that could use some encouragement Mm. um, and write them a note, not not an email. Listen to me. Take out a pen. Not an email, not a a text. And a card. Yeah, write a note uh, to that person, letting them know you're thinking about them, that you care about them, that you're thankful that they are in your life, and you would you just want to give them some encouragement and care. So that's your homework for the week. I mean, immediately after you listen to this. Thank- Don't procrastinate because we all know ourselves well enough. Yes, yes. So thanks so much for tuning in. We can't wait to see you in worship at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and... Carry on the work of Jesus Christ. May the road rise on.